Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Top Stories. My name is Producer Chris. We're heading back in time now to September 2008 and some very rich bankers had some explaining to do. Those naughty boys. Oh my word, the world was hurtling towards financial Armageddon. Top story this week, Armageddon news. And well, long story short, it's going pretty well. Closer and closer to mankind's implosion. We'll get there, people, with the new dinosaurs. In fact... I think the scientists may want to have another look at how the dinosaurs became extinct. Are they sure it was an asteroid and not a bunch of greedy diplodocus short-selling shares in leaves and screwing everything up? Because the way this last month has gone, that seems a lot more plausible. When we left you last time, the government was preparing a $700 billion bailout of Wall Street. And that seemed like a great terrible idea at the time. (laughs) So, what has happened since then? Well... First, Washington Mutual collapsed on Thursday night, as a CNN correspondent said just this morning. The biggest bank collapse in the history of the US, the history of the world, and the history of the pre-world. There were some pretty big banks in the pre-world, Andy. Or at least we can't be entirely sure that there weren't. (laughs) Some people do think the universe began with the big bank. Please with yourself. You stand by that, do you? Secondly, John McCain inexplicably decided that the situation was so serious that he would suspend his campaign, which took everyone by surprise due to the fact that it was the decision process of a man who has completely lost his mind. (laughs) Either that, or maybe it was an incredibly crass piece of gamesmanship, because he was essentially saying, I'm going to rise above petty partisan politics, and I'm going to do it much better than my opponent. (laughs) So now they're trying to outposture each other in terms of leadership. Each candidate is now whipping out their presidential penis and slapping it on the table in front of them, saying, this is what I've got on day one. Show the American public yours. Let the people decide whose penis they want carved into Mount Rushmore. I can't quite decide, uh, John, if I think McCain is being uh, careful or reckless, uh, whether he's being bold or cowardly. 
And right. I guess this is either the action that you want of a president or not the action you want of a president. That very much Good depends point. on how you view it, which presumably depends on how you view American politics, which in itself depends on <laughs> how your grandfather views American politics. That is great punditry, Andrew. <laughs> well, thanks, well, mate. Well done. <laughs> McCain eventually made it back to Washington on Thursday morning, but about an hour after he landed, it was announced that a deal had all but been done, at which point he started moonwalking around the Capitol in triumph, screaming, that cannot just have been a coincidence. I, John McCain, American hero, have saved the dollar from itself. <laughs> So he went over to the meeting, reportedly sat virtually silent the entire time, and the deal very promptly fell apart. <laughs> and after, that, after that, the victory moonwalk came into something closer to a shame shuffle. <laughs> and so as we record now, the deal is off again, and banks are on the precipice. And Andy, McCain is right. This is not the time to be recording an episode of The Bugle. We need to concentrate all our efforts on solving this problem, even though we, like him, are not on any of the finance committees set up to deal with this. But that's not the point. This Bugle will now take an impromptu 15-second suspension to make any other podcast continuing to broadcast look bad. The suspension begins now. OK, Andy, that should have showed the world that we care enough. Let's get back to it. <laughs> and Bush did his best to threaten Congress into passing the bill this week by delivering an emergency address to the nation for the first time since 2002 when he told everyone about what a great idea the Iraq war would be. <laughs> and now, like then, he concentrated on terrifying people into thinking that not backing him would be disastrous. Crying wolf at the wolf that he himself had placed outside. <laughs> He yet again said, now is not the time to play the blame game. When is going to be the time to play that game? Because I'm really looking forward to a little round. I'll tell you why Bush hates the blame game so much. Because he loses it all the time. <laughs> he prefers Connect Four. It tends not to end with everyone pointing out how much they hate him quite as much. I don't know, you've not played Connect Four with him, John. I've, I've played with Rumsfeld once and uh, things got a little bit ugly. But I guess the blame game for George W. Bush will run pretty much from January the 21st, 2009, until the end of time. Uh, so I guess there's no, there's no need to rush into it now. I think that's his point. You know, we can all just wait until January the 21st and then just, you know, go for it. As he walked up to the podium and looked into the camera, my blood suddenly ran cold, Andy, as I realised that whenever this president looks directly into the lens, something terrible is about to happen. <laughs> he began saying, I know many Americans have questions tonight. And he was right there, Andy. Chief amongst them was, what the f***? <laughs> George WTF Bush. And the speech turned out to be mainly a series of threats. He started sounding like a bad gangster. Hello, America. Lovely home you've got here. Shame if something happened to it. Such a dangerous world. 700 billion should keep you safe. And seen. <laughs> it's interesting, 700 billion, John, is almost the exact cost so far of uh, the Iraq war. Uh, it's almost that Bush has got something about things costing 700 billion dollars <laughs> that he just, just can't shake. Well, actually, that, that very point was pointed out to Secretary Paulson. Uh, and he said, well, yeah, but the Iraq war was expenditures. This is purchasing assets, holding assets, reselling assets with money coming back into the Treasury. And he's right, Andy, that's not like Iraq. That was, in every sense, an impulse buy. <laughs> that, was, that was like buying a 20-foot porcelain swan. We really thought we wanted that swan, but now we can't get rid of it. 
It does seem clear that President Bush has virtually no power whatsoever in Washington at the moment. And I don't trust anyone connected to this administration. They're asking for $700 billion just weeks before leaving office. <laughs> Is it suspicious that they're asking for it all in 20s? <laughs> I'll tell you, come January the 21st, they're loading all the money into the back of a truck and heading for Mexico. Prime Minister resignation news now, and Gordon Brown has not resigned following the party conference uh, in Manchester this week. His premiership is now slightly less dead in the water than it was this time last week. In fact, he even almost managed a convincing smile, so the whole thing went pretty much as well as could be hoped. And the most uh, ear-catching thing that Gordon Brown said, John, was when he said that in these difficult times it was no time for a novice, a dig simultaneously at uh, the Conservative uh, leadership and at his rivals within his own party. But I would like to take issue with Gordon Brown over this because I think in many ways this is time for a novice because people who aren't novices have got the world into this mess. The novice might at least come at it with some fresh ideas. And I guess this is a bit like being told by a surgeon in the middle of some botched surgery that really your best hope of surviving the mess that that surgeon has made is for the same surgeon to sort it out. And when you ask whether the surgery really needed to happen in the first place because you hadn't asked for it and you were quite happy with the two legs you had before the operation and you really think that three legs is being greedy in terms of legs and you're now quite cross with the surgeon for what he's doing, the surgeon then pulls his mask back over his face and then it's ring, ding, 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 chainsaw time. I mean, I didn't see uh, uh, much of the Labour Party conference, Andy, due to the fact that America was destroying itself this week. (laughs) Was it a success, as much of a success as a dead man walking could be? (laughs) Virtually any party conference is viewed as a success in the immediate yep. aftermath of it happening uh, before right. people turn to the outside world and realise that no one gives a flying f- about it. But Brown has painted himself as a serious man for serious times and again I think this is an error because I think if anything serious times need someone to lighten the mood a bit and I think we, we in Britain could do with a frivolous man in charge of the country at this difficult time. And what about his inevitable defeat, Andy? Is that just <laughs> slightly inevitable defeat or a very inevitable defeat? Well, I think maybe it's slightly less inevitable uh, than it once was. Uh, the, that inevitability has decreased. I mean, it's still inevitable, but, you know, it's yeah. less inevitable. Like yeah. death, you know, after you've had a salad. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. Thanks. Every time I hear Sattler from now on, I'm going to think about the inevitability of death. Thanks for listening. Support what we do on The Bugle by going to thebuglepodcast.com and clicking on the donate button. Premium tier subscribers can now get an exclusive 12-inch vinyl episode of the show. Sign up for it now. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can also click the button and support us too. But seriously... Vinyl record, bugle, come on. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you you must be so excited. Listen now.